Would you please welcome Pastor Adam. Good morning. How's everybody? We'll get it figured out. Everybody doing all right? Enjoy your weekends? Sure. Yesterday, uh, we took about a seven-hour trip around Seattle and uh, all these other areas, me and a couple, Rachel and, uh, and Tucker, and we drove around and picked up stuff for the garage sale for the youth. Um, there's a lot of stuff. My back can tell you that there's a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy stuff. You know how they always say, you know, lift with your legs? Yeah. I missed that day. My back's killing me. No, but thank you guys so much. Anybody who's given, anybody who's going to give to that garage sale, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. The lives that are going to be changed at camp uh, through your donations, it's, it's unbelievable. The reason I like camp so much for, for youth students is because they get to get away from, uh, from, from everybody who's uh, j- just a normal life. And for a whole week, they're separated and they're listening about Jesus, they're worshiping, they're sold out, and, and they come back on such a high. And you, you, you can't replace that. Because I still remember when I went to camp when I was a kid, and I still remember those times. And they still mean so much to me. So thank you again for sending our students to camp. There's going to be lives changed. There's going to be people in heaven uh, just because you gave something to the garage sale. I'm serious. It really is going to happen. So thank you once again. Uh, all the students that are in here, uh, you need to go to camp. I'll tell you in front of everybody. You need to go to camp. Everybody urge students to go to camp, all right? Make sure they get there. You guys are doing a wonderful job. So me and my brother just got back off vacation, I guess you could call it. <laughs> that, was, that was the most work I've ever done on vacation, ever. Uh, my parents moved from uh, Colorado Springs to Dallas, Texas, and, uh, or, or south of Dallas, Texas. And so we get there on a Monday, I think it was. Was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. Got there on a Monday. We go straight to the Penske place, pick up two 26-foot trucks. Uh, mom's in the hospital uh, with the gall- gallstone. So, I mean, right when we get there, you know, vacation, laying on the beach, you know. No, not happening, all right? There's no beaches in Colorado, but even if there were, we weren't laying on them. Um, <laughs> But we got to work, we started filling up these Penske trucks, and, we, and there's fires going around everywhere. I mean, it was some sort of vacation, let me tell you about it, all right? The black forest is burning. Anyways, all to say, we got our, our family moved down there, everybody's safe, everybody's sound, and God worked everything out. So thank you for your prayers if you were praying for my mom. Uh, she's actually back in the hospital in Dallas just because she's having some pain in her pancreas. So if you could continue to pray, we would much appreciate it. Uh, so we're starting a new series next week. It's a four-week series. Pastor Dan will be speaking, and it's called Bold. How many of you want to grow more bold in your faith for God? Yeah, me too. I, I'm shy sometimes. You know, I can, I can get up here and act like I'm bold. Like, yeah, I'll do that. But sometimes I'm like, ooh, I'm shy. I'm shy. So in the next four weeks, make sure you are here. Bring somebody with you. We're going to be talking about being bold for God, being bold with the gospel. And as you know... Pastor Dan Birch is going to kill it. He always comes in here and does that. That's why I love him. He always brings a fresh word. So make sure you're here the next four weeks. Make sure you invite somebody, um, and it's going to be a great time. So as you can tell today, Dan is gone. Dan and Mary are gone, so I guess what that means. We get to do whatever we want. 
Not really. <laughs> not, not really. As you can tell, we've already started doing a little bit of whatever we wanted. But uh, Dan would not be happy. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep it pretty normal and uh, relax today. So we're jumping back into Ephesians this morning. I heard that uh, you guys had a guest speaker last week, Mr. Doug Bursch. And uh, he's a great speaker, huh? Every time I listen to him, he just speaks straight to me. I'm like, were you following me around? Seriously, dude, where's your camera at? No, but every time he talks, he comes with such revelation, such the word of God that it just hits me in my gut. And I'm like, oh, I got to change something. <laughs> but it's so good. But today we're jumping back into the, the book of Ephesians. And uh, we're going to be in Ephesians 4. And we're going to go 1 through 6. So if you want to turn there, that would be awesome. Uh, it starts out like this. And this is Paul writing. It says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. And I want to stop right there. <laughs> I've learned a little bit from Dan. You know, you go, you go three or four or five words in and you just stop. No. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Let's stop right there. Do we know what it means to be a prisoner of the Lord? In, in, in other books, Paul wrote uh, that he was the bond slave of the Lord. You know where that comes from? That comes from Exodus 21. And a, and a prisoner or a bond servant is someone who, who had served his master for six years. He paid off his debt. He had served him for six years. And he was about to be released and set free. About to become a free man. But he changes his mind before he's set free. And this bond servant, this prisoner, this bond slave, he changes his mind and he said, I want to stay here because I love my master and I love his house. I love my master, and I love his house. What does that mean? That means over that six years, whenever he, was, whenever he was working to pay off the debt, that he fell in love with his master. That he fell in love with the people of his house, his kingdom. For Christians, that's how it is in our life. And I hope, I hope today that, that, that if God came to us and said, you know, you're free to do whatever you want, that we would say, no, no, God. No, God. I'm your prisoner. I'm your bond slave. I love you, and I love your house. Man, catch that this morning, guys. Everything that we do, everything that we do as Christians should be from the standpoint, I love Jesus, and I love his people. I love my master, and I love his house. Let's pray real quick. Lord, you are good. Jesus, I pray today that you would just be in this room. Holy Spirit, come and just speak to us. Speak to our, if there's weary hearts in here, Lord Jesus, speak. Holy Spirit, come and, and transform lives. Father, I pray that by the time we walk out of here today, Lord Jesus, that we, we, we would have made up in our mind that we love our master, we love you, and we love your house. We love your kingdom. There's no place that we would rather be. So we thank you and we give you this time. Work in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I got a little choked up. That, that, that just speaks to me so much. It speaks to me hard. That we love our master and we love his house. We love what he's doing. 
How many of you guys want to be a part of what Jesus is doing? Sunday mornings are cool, right? Sunday mornings are cool. We come in here, we, we, we worship, uh, we, we hear the announcements, we shake hands with a couple people, maybe give a couple people hugs, whatever, and then we go about our business. But how many of you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing seven days a week? I do. I do. Sundays are great, and that's when we get fueled up and we get energized and we're ready to go for the rest of the week. But I don't want it just to be a Sunday morning experience. That's cool. That's good. We need it. But the Christian life isn't a Sunday morning experience. It's a lifestyle. And that's what I'm coming to realize more and more in my life. Believe me, I don't have it all figured out. I got troubles. I got situations that need to be dealt with. But I'm coming to realize more and more that the Christian life isn't just showing up to church on Sunday morning. It's every day. It's in your workplace. It's in your school. It's at the gym. It's running around picking up stuff out in town for the youth garage sale. The Christian life is us. It's a lifestyle. So we're going to jump into Ephesians. So I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Today what I want to talk about is walking worthy of your calling. Walking worthy of your calling. Did you know you were called by God? You know you were called by God. He has called each and every one of us in this room to something. To himself first and then to a mission later. He's called us. Called us by name. He knows us. But he has called us to himself first and then to a mission later. So I can clear this up for you right now. If you, if you think you're not called from God, you are. Period. Done deal. You're called. Sorry. No backing out of it now. Jesus has called your name. And you're up to bat. What are you going to do? For the longest time, I thought my calling was to be the next Michael Jordan. As you can tell, I resemble him. Um, not really. I, I, I soon realized that that wasn't my calling when I found myself in uh, East Texas playing Division Three basketball. You know, it, was, it was tough. Okay, so I'm not the next Michael Jordan. I'm out here in a cow pasture playing basketball. What is my calling? <laughs> Grew up idolizing Michael Jordan. Like Mike, if I could be like Mike. Anybody remember that commercial? That was a layup. That was a layup, by the way. But... Because I'm white and I can't dunk, okay? Um, <laughs> no, I grew up idolizing, but I soon realized that wasn't my calling. My calling wasn't being next to Michael Jordan. That's how I found my way into pastoring. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. We got to wake up today, man. We got to wake up today. I'm coming with some funny stuff. No. But don't ever stress about what your, what your calling is. God will reveal that. 
The Spirit will reveal that. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, if, if, if me and you sat down one-on-one, you could tell me what your calling is. You, can tell, you could tell me what God has called you to do. You may not know the specifics or, or the exact thing, but you have a general idea. We all do. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, guiding us. We have to have a clue. But sometimes we're so bashful and so shy that, 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 that we don't want to speak out what God is telling us in our hearts. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Be bold. Be bold. There's not another you. I know that sounds all lovey-dovey and everything, but really, there is not another you. God needs you. Like I said earlier, you're up to bat. It's time to go. What are you going to do? Matthew uh, 22, 14 says, For many are called, but few are chosen. chosen. This scripture used to stress me out. I'm serious. All right, God called me, but now he has to choose me? Like, am I sitting in the classroom like, pick me, pick me. So God called me, but now he has to choose me? That's not at all what that scripture is saying. Here's what it says. And, and, and like I said, it used to stress me out really hard. But for many are called, but few are chosen. You see, the calling is from God. The choosing is from us. It is. God calls you and you choose whether to do it or not. So you know what I say today? Choose to be chosen. Choose to be chosen. Don't let the Sunday morning experience be it. No. Choose to be chosen in life. In your walk with God. Seven days a week. Choose to be chosen. He wants to use you. He needs you. Choose to be chosen. The call is from God. He has called you. We got that settled. Now choose it. Now you choose it. Choose it. And it's our choice whether we choose it or not. With our time today, I want to, I want to give you just five areas of, of, of what it looks like to, to walk worthy of your calling. Five areas just, just this morning. And, and like I said earlier, as Christians, our, our first priority before we get anything else settled is to settle in our own heart that I love my master and I love his house. We're prisoners. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We're prisoners. We are God's prisoners. We are his bond slave. We are his bond servant. So I want to give you five. Five areas to walk worthy of your calling. And these are just going to come straight out of the text that we just read. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Number one is this. Walk with gentleness. Walk with gentleness. Most people here are gentle, and what do we think? We think weak, right? Gentle. Oh, he's weak. But that's not what gentle is. Gentle isn't weak. Remember when Jesus encountered the woman at the well? Jesus was a gentle person, right? He was a gentle person. But remember when he encountered the, person, the, the, the woman at the well? He was gentle with her, but he was real at the same time. He called her. He called her out on her stuff. You ever, you ever had Jesus call you out on your stuff? I'm like, please. 
please, it's hurting right now. In a gentle way, he calls us out on our stuff. But gentle is not weak. What gentle does is it opens the door, the door to be heard, though. Blunt and sharp and all those things are great. They are great. And there's a time and a place for them. But I'm telling you, gentleness is where it's at. Now, that, now like I said, that doesn't mean to be weak. That doesn't mean anything. When Jesus met, uh, encountered the woman at the well, he talked to her in a relationship. He was talking to her. But then what did he do? He started telling her what's going on in her life. Started telling her some ugly things that's going on in her life. And he does that to me all the time. All the time. He's gentle with me, but he's strong at the same time. He's gentle, but he'll lay the hammer when he needs to. And that's okay. I'm a hard case sometimes. I need to be broken up. Sometimes I think I got it all figured out. But just like he did with the woman at the well, he was gentle. He was gentle, but he wasn't weak. I think Christians get a bad rap sometimes because they just see us as, oh, weak Christians. They're kind of strange and they're weak. That's not true. Oh, it's, it, it, come on. We get that rap all the time. We really do. There's a gentle boldness that the Lord wants you to walk in. There's a gentle boldness that he wants each of us to walk in. Being gentle and bold at the same time. Number two is this. And this is the longest word I think I've ever said in a sermon, okay? So somebody write it down. Walk with long suffering. Hello. That's a long word. Walk with long suffering. <laughs> what does long suffering mean? Patiently enduring wrongs or difficulties. I don't want to hear that. Patiently enduring wrongs or difficulties. A patient endurance. Have you ever figured out, have you, have you figured out by now that there's going to be some wrongs, there's going to be some bad things that take place in this life? Right? It happens. You've been around long enough, you've experienced a lot of them. I have. But the Christian life, it's a good thing to learn some long suffering, some patience. Patience that endures. Patience that endures. You will be done wrong. Or you will think you have been done wrong. It's going to happen. All the time. I, 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 the best example I have from this is, is my parents. And they... Let's see. My dad went into ministry when I was, when I was born, actually. So, uh, 29 years? 29 years. Uh, he's been in the ministry. And you've got to have some long suffering for that. <laughs> I remember when we started the church in Waco back in 1991. I was just a little kid. And... Uh, about about two years into it, I mean, things were going great. Church was, church was going good. Then there was a group of people that rose up against him. And, uh, you know, I was about, how old? I would, I would have maybe about nine years old. So I thought we were about to have a fight, you know. I mean, this wasn't quiet rising up against you. This is like calling you out in front of people. And, uh, and, and, and the long-suffering that he showed, the patient endurance through that whole process. He wasn't out trying to prove himself right. I remember asking him years later, I said, Dad, why didn't you get up in front of the congregation and, and, and tell them what was going on? Or, 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 or badmouth those people in front of the congregation. You know, I'm just a little kid. You badmouth me, I'm a badmouth you. I still do that, so no, I don't. I don't. That was a joke. No, but, but, but I remember that. And, and, and what he told me was, you have to be patient. 
God will work everything out. He will work it out. And that's hard. Because if you're my personality type, I'm like, God, I wish you would have worked it out yesterday. (laughs) Or I wish you would have stopped it from happening. If you're so good, why didn't you stop? I mean, I start going crazy, you know. I get upset. But God's teaching us. He's teaching us all along the way. Walk with long-suffering. Patiently endure. That was Texas style. Endure. Endure. Door. However you say that word. Patiently. Do it. Because there are going to be trials. There's going to be things that every, each and every one of us come up against. It's going to happen. We're going to have problems with family. We're going to have problems maybe even with each other in here. But to, work, to walk worthy of your calling, you have to, you have, to have some, some long-suffering. You have to patiently endure. Is it always a fun process? Absolutely not. But it's critical. Number three is this. Walk in love toward one another. And this is tough for me because sometimes I just don't feel like loving anybody. I'm tired. You don't know the week that I've had. And now you're telling me your problems. Can I tell you mine for a little while? <laughs> Seriously, sometimes that, that's, that's what I want to do. You mind if I open up with you and tell you my problems for a little bit? <laughs> but sometimes you just don't feel like loving people. Come on. We're around people all the time. And we don't feel like loving people all the time. But we have to learn to walk with love towards one another. Remember, remember, remember what the, the, bond, the bond slave did? What, what did he say? He said, I love my master and I love his house. What does the house speak of? It speaks of the church. It speaks of the people of the house, the kingdom of God. That's what, that's what the house speaks of. So we have to learn to love one another. Does that mean we like one another all the time? No. It doesn't. But we have to love one another. We have to want the best for each other. We have to want God's best for each other. Sometimes I get jealous, though, you know? Like, let me tell you a quick story, though. When, whenever I got here, and uh, I had probably heard Dan Bursch speak one message. It was at a worship night in Spokane, Washington. And honestly, in my heart, when I got here, I thought, can Dan preach? Can he preach? And y'all are like, of course he can preach. Haven't you heard him? No, but this is what I thought when I first got here. Because he's been a worship pastor. I didn't know. And, and when I got here, I heard how good he was, and I was a little bit jealous. <laughs> Insecurities start popping out, like, oh, man. He got a couple more amens than I got. <laughs> he, got he got a couple more than I got. No, but insecurities, those things started coming out. So, so there for about a week, I was like, you know what? I hope he blows the next sermon. Is this going on CD? What am I doing? That's my boss. <laughs> Bye-bye. Adam's gone. Where'd Adam go? We don't know. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, but I was jealous. I kind of was. I didn't want him to be good. I was like, no, you play the keyboard and sing, and now you're trying to preach? You can't do everything. 
And he slowly but surely proved me wrong. And still does it. He's one, he's one of my favorite people to listen to. But I'm serious. That, that, I mean, that first week when I heard him, I was a little jealous. I was like, and honestly, in my heart, this is what I do for a living. I mean, you want to be good, you know? You want to be, you want to be a, a good speaker. But in my heart, I was like, I really do. I hope, I hope the next one's not so good. <laughs> but he proved us wrong. And he continues to. But we have to love one another. We, we have to want God's best for each other. And that's what I had to get over. I mean, I know, I know that's a funny story and it sounds ha-ha, and it is, but it's a true one. It's real. That's the kind of stuff I deal with, okay? I'm opening up to you today. <laughs> you're like, you're a strange character, dude. Thank you. Um, no, but we have to want the best for each other. When someone else is getting blessed, man, cheer them on. Cheer them on. Don't get mad at God because he may not be blessing you like that right now. Cheer them on. Become the biggest cheerleader you can be. I'm a pretty good cheerleader, I think. I love cheering people on. I love when people, when people get blessed around me. And I, and I just get to clap. Say, that's awesome. That's great. God is working. Because God's always looking at our hearts. He's looking at, looking at our thoughts. Looking at what's going on in the inside of us. And who knows, your time may be next. And when I'm being blessed, I want people to cheer me on. So be a blessing to others and love them. Don't let stupid stuff get in the way. You got a problem with somebody, go talk to them. Don't let stuff fester underneath the surface. I, 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 be, I mean, I've only been a pastor for maybe, what, eight years, seven, eight years? I've been in the church my whole life. And you know how major drama starts in church? Nobody talking to anybody. Just talk to each other. Love one another. Want the best. Want God's best for each other. Because I want the best for you. And God wants the best for you. And he wants to bless us. Number four is this. Walk in peace. And you know why you can walk in peace? You know why you can walk and have peace? Because you know you're in the center of God's will. I see something on Facebook that's been going around and it says, uh, well, I don't even know what it says. It says something about being in the center of God's will is is the safest place. It doesn't mean it's not going to have its trials. But it's going to be the safest place for you. You can walk in peace. Walk in peace. When everything else is falling apart in people's lives... Or maybe even in your own life, you can still choose to walk in peace. That is a choice. You may not feel it, but that's a choice. You know what? I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. God's got my back. God's got my back. I remember remember when I was in second grade, first grade, in Canton, Texas. We were the Canton Eagles. And... uh, um, there, there was this bully that every day after school, I'd go to the playground, you know, and hang out with my friends and play. And he had to be like in the third or fourth grade. And, uh, and he'd come to me every day and pick on me, pick on me. And I was, oh, I was scared. I was scared to death. One day, one day, he actually got me, like, 
he hit me right in the nose, dropped me. I'm bleeding like, like a stuck pig, you know, down on the ground. And, uh, and I was scared. I was scared to go back out there the next day. I didn't tell anybody. I was never really a tattletale. Never really a tattletale. But uh, I remember going home, and my brother said, what's wrong? I said, what's wrong with your nose? My, my older brother, so he would have been in the fifth grade at that point. And I said, you know so-and-so? Man, he reared back and hit me in the nose for no reason today. Older brother kicks in, right? Game time. <laughs> That's why I like older brothers. So he's like, okay, Adam, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go out to the playground like everything's normal tomorrow. And I'm going I'm to be on this side of the building. I'm going to be watching. You know, when I walked out there the next day, I was like, yeah, what's up? They're walking. <laughs> walking, to, walking to the slide. Get on the slide. Go down the slide. Get on the swing set, you know, do whatever. This bully comes back up to me. And I mean, right when he got probably 10 yards from me, here comes my brother. And I don't, okay, let me, how, how do I make this story? How do I make this story work? I don't condone violence. That's right. That's right. But big brother does. And we'll leave it at that, okay? Things worked out in my favor. But I remember walking onto the... <laughs> Like, what is he giving us a class in fighting? What is he doing? No, but I remember the piece that I walked out in the playground with that day. Never had it until that day because I knew Big Brother was there. He said he was going to be there. I knew he was going to be there. I ain't got a care in the world. But in our lives, we can walk around in our lives. Our things going to happen. Our, our situation is going to get bad sometimes. Absolutely. But you've got to know that God's got your back. And you can find peace in that. Whether it's searching for a job, whether it's just being laid off, whether it's uh, uh, problems with your spouse, whether it's problems with your kids, whatever it is, know that God has your back. He wants you to know that today. He has your back. He's got you. He's got you. Patiently endure. He's got your back. This is all about walking worthy of our calling. We're all called to something. This is just the way we walk it out. Walk in peace. Number five is this. Walk in the Spirit. If you notice the whole thing through there, that, that was all fruits of the Spirit. Everything that we just listed off. Dare to be Spirit-led. Dare to hear the voice of the, voice of the Lord tell you something and then go do it. I still struggle with this because sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I'm shy. But be bold. Dare to be spirit-led. Let the Spirit of the Lord move you. Let Him move you. Let His Holy Spirit guide you. And don't be ashamed or afraid of it. Why would we ever be ashamed or afraid of being spirit-led? Don't be ashamed of it. Allow it to happen. God has things he wants you to do. And the only way he's going to reveal those things to you is through his spirit. Don't second guess yourself. Bring it to somebody, maybe share it with them, those type of things. But when you know in your heart to do something, do it. Be spirit led. Dare to live, let the spirit live in you. He wants to. He's looking for people like that. 
He's looking for people to work mighty through. Fife, Milton, and Edgewood. Man, it just, it, if, if we all made a choice today to be spirit-led, this place, they wouldn't know what to do with us. They wouldn't know what to do with us. They may think maybe some of us are weird or strange. Eh, who cares? <laughs> people are going to think that no matter what. No matter what you do. Somebody's going to find it weird or strange. But seriously, if we caught fire and we dared the Spirit to lead us, man, this place wouldn't look the same. Our families wouldn't look the same. Our relationships wouldn't look the same. God is looking. That's what you have to know. It's not, it's not whether He calls you. He's called you. Finished. Done. Now choose it. Choose that calling. Choose it. He's looking for people. And don't fight it. Let it happen. I just feel like today that, man, summer's coming up. Uh, hopefully the sun will be out soon. People till t- still tell me that it exists. No, I saw it yesterday. Um, but, man, this summertime, don't, don't become distant. Don't wait for the fall to, to, to walk with God again. Walk with him right now. Walk worthy of the calling that you were called for. Walk worthy. And I want to tie this all back into to why do we do what we do? Is because we love our master and we love his house. If we don't have those two things, it's going to be impossible to do the rest. We first have to love Jesus. And we have to love the people that he's put us around. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for today. Lord, uh, you never seem to... You always come through. You always come through in our lives. Lord Jesus, I pray that, uh, that we can learn to trust you more. Father, even if we think we got it all figured out, Lord, that you would knock down those walls and we could learn new dimensions and and new places in you. Lord, I pray that our hearts would burn for you and for the people around us today. Lord, that we could look around and become a blessing to the people around us. Help us to cheer people on. You're so good. You are so good. I don't deserve anything you've ever done for me, but yet you still do it. You still do it when I mess up, when I fall, when I stumble. Lord Jesus, your grace remains. So I thank you for that. Thank you for your love, your compassion. Lord, I pray for the people in this congregation today. Lord, that that uh, Lord, that they would catch fire. Yes, Lord. Send your fire, Jesus. Send your fire in this place today. Ignite our hearts. Ignite our spirits, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we would burn bright. We would burn hot for you. Lord, we want to burn for you. We want to make a difference for you. I'm not satisfied with just the normal life. Lord, I want to make a difference for you. 
So I pray that that would be our desire today, Lord Jesus, and that everything that we do flows out of two places because we love our master and we love his house. Lord, that we would never stray away for two reasons, because we love you and we love your people. We love our master and we love his house. Lord, that when the enemy would try to come and tempt us, tempt us to walk away, to bring division between us, Lord Jesus, that we could remember you and your people. Now just do a work in our hearts. Seal the word that you have brought today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.